0: horror films directed exclusively by women-identified directors and prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I'm your co-host Rachel and joining me is one of my favorite people on this planet, the one and only Ariel. Hi. And folks... Folks.
1: Folks.
0: (laughs) We have such an exciting episode for you guys today. Not only are we going to be talking about the most feminist cannibal movie I've ever seen, but we're going to be doing it with one of our favorite people slash podcast hosts who we are seriously obsessed with. I'm kind of surprised that she was able to do this considering all of the... Restraining orders and <laughs> requests that we just stop. <laughs> that would be Caitlin from the Plug It Up podcast.
2: Welcome, Caitlin. Thank you. It's so
0: good to see you. I I
2: actually sent you guys an email asking for your home addresses earlier and was like, can't wait to talk about cannibalism. Send me your home address. bye so, What? Oh the, I missed uh, that.
0: You can definitely have it. And uh, oh yeah. yeah. Normally I'm, training right, orders I'm... will
2: be going both ways at some
0: point. Okay. Oh <laughs>
2: shit.
0: <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. Because <laughs> I can just pretend I didn't get the email. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, Caitlin. We're so excited. Can you tell, first of all, hopefully our audience already knows we've already talked about your show on the show. So if they haven't already joined the cult of Plug It Up, can you tell us a little bit about your show and how it came about and why it matters to you and all that stuff? Yeah. So
2: I do Plug It Up, which is a show about really about the monstrous feminine in general, the sort of like Inception was about monstrous menstruation, so the trope in horror where a character goes through puberty and undergoes some sort of monstrous transformation. I started talking about monstrous menstruation on Thor's Hour of Thunder, a movie podcast that I do occasionally. And I think I brought it up with Jennifer's Body. I brought it up with Raw. I brought it up Mm -hmm. with The Witch. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do my
1: own show about it. Yeah.
2: So that's what I've been doing. It's been so much fun. And I've had a lot of support from the folks at Bloody Good Horror, and I've had a lot of them come on and guest, and... I had you guys come on and guess That yes, episode that will be out so in August.
1: Fun. I'm so oh, excited.
0: So excited for people to hear that one. That was a really fun one. Like I said to you, I apologize in advance to all of your listeners and to ours for all the fetus talk.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> not talk about
0: fetuses a lot. Sometimes you just got to go there with the fetus. <laughs> well, it's funny. I
2: was texting Eric and John from Bloody Good Horror. I was like, it's so good. I was like, it's the best one yet. And, and, John... <laughs> and I was like, I wish it was coming out sooner. And John was like, you know, it's like your schedule. You can put it wherever <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh good idea so i bumped it up a few weeks so. oh, oh nice. that's,
1: <laughs> that's
0: awesome. exciting. so exciting yeah, we're excited to
3: hear it that's
1: great oh my gosh
0: we had so much fun and i feel like we already have this friendship which is great so if people are like you guys are very very familiar with caitlin just know that <laughs> we've already gone some places together yes, we have. Yeah.
2: <laughs> some places we're gone to.
1: yeah
0: but that's that see I—fuck the small talk. I want to go straight to monstrous menstruation, fetuses, eating people. That's how true friendships are forged, in my opinion. Yeah. So. I
2: agree.
0: I <laughs> I agree. I'll, I have—do
2: you have, like, a litmus test to see if somebody's cool or not? Like, a thing you say or, a, like, a story you tell
0: and, like, gauge mm. their reaction? I don't know that I have a specific one that I tell, but I definitely— am guilty of testing people in that way like yeah, I'm i pay attention to their
3: responses
0: yeah right. i i will say things that cross the line like uh, that are a little a little over the top or a little <laughs> i'll go i'll go a little hard just to be like all right how is this person going to react cuz if they can't stay with me on these butthole jokes, we're we're just not gonna be. On the, we're just not on the same level. <laughs> what about well, you? Now, Do you like, have
2: one? Now I just talk about my podcast, and usually mm. people like if they're like, "Oh yeah, that's cool," or that make, or at least like that makes sense for you. I'm like, okay, they get it, they're cool. Mm-hmm, but for a right. long time, so when I was in my mid twenties, I had this dream about John Hamm, and oh, oh. I, I dreamt that I was hanging out with John Hamm. And he cracked an egg and started using the contents of the egg to masturbate. And, like, I thought it was the funniest thing I'd ever thought of. And I was like, I, was like, I don't want children. But I was in my mid-20s and I was like, is this, like, a dumb fertility dream that I just had? Like, yeah. masturbating with an egg. Like, <laughs> it could not be more on the nose for fertility. <laughs> i love your mind that's all i'm gonna say
1: yeah, i love your mind
2: <laughs> well i told like most of my friends were like oh my god that's so funny that's like definitely some sort of weird like subconscious thing and like i had a couple people be like that's don't tell people that and i was like um <laughs> oh, i'm definitely gonna tell no, people that because no. it's a tell good litmus that. test like yeah if they think it's like hilarious then yeah we're gonna be good mm-hmm, and if not right. i'm gonna have to watch what i say
0: <laughs> right absolutely oh that's so great what about you, Ariel? Do you have one? Do you have a thing that you say to people? You're kind of more observational, I feel like, but do you have yeah. anything?
3: No, I don't I don't think so. Nothing that I say, but I think I definitely pay attention, especially when talking about horror stuff, mm. how people respond, you know, because not everybody likes the same stuff I like. And, right. And then I'm always like, well, now I got to not talk about the really weird things. You yeah, know? you just have to
2: like measure yourself. Yeah, exactly. More, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I
3: mostly just pay attention to what other people are saying, especially when I first meet people because I'm not a super outgoing person that way. I know that's weird because I'm doing a podcast with you guys, but Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm thinking about when we first met each other. You were definitely, I think you were definitely very quiet and I just sort of glommed onto you and made you my friend. <laughs> I think you had said like a couple of funny, smart things in our newspaper meetings and I beelined for you. And like said- when we went to LA, I was just like, you're my best friend now and you really kind of didn't have a choice. So sorry. Yeah, it was great. It was great. 15 years later, you're still here. I love it. Awesome. Okay, so. Now, Caitlin, we gave you a little bit of the backstory with what's going going on with Ariel and the Neighborhood of Madness. And, of course, her secret, you know, deep dish admirer. So, (laughs) Ariel, I'm dying to know. Last time we left off, there was some talk of leaving a note
2: yes where there where was.
0: okay give us the lowdown what's going on <laughs> what's happening
3: okay so two things we did on the last episode one you said to think about and try to manifest another white claw yes into the universe and see yes. if it comes back to me and, and the second thing was to leave a note okay i left the note and nothing happened but the note did disappear so okay. i don't know if somebody received. took it and maybe somebody will respond one of these days i'm not sure
2: are you comfortable sharing like a little bit of the contents of what you wrote?
3: I basically wrote exactly what Rachel told me in the last episode, okay. which was my name and thank you and like please come contact me so I can say hello <laughs> in person. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. But nobody's knocked on my door or left me their phone number, so I don't know what that says. But I think I may have cursed myself with the manifestation part of. This. Oh no. Uh-oh. Oh
1: no. I think the
3: universe thinks I got greedy because I have had the absolute worst weirdest luck in the last week. Oh, oh no. So, first of all, there is this weird booming sound in my apartment that happens at weird times and I can't figure out where it's coming from, if it's one of my neighbors or coming from outside, and every time I try to get somebody else to listen to it, it goes away.
0: Of so, course. yeah it's just the universe gaslighting me essentially (laughs) your neighbor literally has a boom boom room now is that what you're telling me
3: (laughs) (laughs) oh god okay so then i've lost power twice okay and then my apartment flooded (gasps) oh my god ariel really a lot of water Was my it carbonated and,
0: and did it smell lightly of fruit? <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would
3: have been so much better. <laughs> so then I had to call my building super to come in and deal with it. He could not find the leak anywhere. So he started just cutting holes in my
0: walls. Oh my oh
3: <laughs> so my now God. I have five giant holes in random walls in my apartment that they have to come and fix.
0: <laughs> I have an upsetting theory.
3: Oh, God.
2: That it's Is- the super
0: yeah i I mean right when you said that i was like
2: oh no (laughs) why do things keep
0: breaking in the apartment because he's been in your apartment i mean throughout coronavirus he was the third roommate because he was there fixing things so often could it be this he would also have access to know when you're coming and going which is why those pizzas are always hot hot and ready and the and the (laughs) white claw was frosty and cold and then also he immediately knew when you put up the camera
3: i was not real thrilled with the idea of it being my sexaholic upstairs neighbor but it being my almost 70 year old misogynistic super is like a real bummer
0: (laughs)
2: do you think he knows about white claw though I don't know. Mm, I mean, oh, it's, she lives question. in Portland
0: though. I mean, I feel like it's on it's on the Portland citizenship test. Like if, if it's you want add it to the flag. Right? If you want to keep that zip code, you have to leave at <laughs> least 3 flavors. Oh my god.
3: I know. I went to my sister's house the other day and I opened up the trunk of her car and there was just 10
0: white claws just <laughs> floating around in her. She trunk. didn't even buy them. They just appeared <laughs> out of the ether. <laughs> what the hell oh no i hope it's not the super
3: yeah i really hope not too that had not occurred to me so, uh, so. okay let's
0: go back to pre-pizza ghost when he was the <laughs> dvd player just talking to you does he strike you as the type who would enjoy what was it wrestling and what was the other program that kept turning on wrestling mm, and i can't i think it was an action movie hmm mm. It was an 80s action movie. That's yeah, great. Yeah, it was. I feel like that's probably <laughs> pretty right on. Evidence hey. is just
3: building. Eww. I, <laughs> I mean, really don't like this. I want the ghost back. Can I have the ghost? The, I, the
2: booms make me think ghost. So, like, you yeah. have to include that evidence, too. You know? Yeah, that's true. Have, these booms are, like, when you said that, I was like, <gasps> like, mouth agape. Like, that's that scared
1: me. <laughs>
3: yeah, Supernaturally, yeah. that scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I like that. I didn't when we first talked about a ghost, but that seems like the better option at this point. At this point,
0: yeah. (laughs) It seems like a harmless ghost. Yeah, it's not trying to pull me off my bed
3: or yank my hair or something. Well, don't put that into the universe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, I think maybe the next step is you need to get some sort of device that can sweep for surveillance. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this is really taking a turn and i'm sorry but i'm i'm a little mm. concerned
3: that, that i'm living the rental in real yeah. time <laughs> yeah maybe oh my god oh my god i just thought he just replaced my shower head <gasps> Isn't that where the camera is in the rental? Now I got to go check. You cannot see the
0: aerial, but the reason I was quiet (laughs) was because I was in the process of lifting my jaw off the ground. (laughs) Because... (laughs) Oh, no. Yes, check your shower head. Oh, Oh, dear. Does he have a tendency to show up at particular times? That would be... No, because they're not allowed to.
3: They're not allowed to just come in, you know. But he, once I say there's a problem, he won't stop coming back to check on it for a while.
0: Mm.
2: Which is usually the sign, like of a a good
0: landlord, you yeah. know,
2: like yeah. thorough. That's, you that's know, kind, what's kind of what I, I thought. thought. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: I mean, I'm hoping that we're gonna find nothing on this surveillance sweep. I genuinely am. I want to go back to this being a romantic, yeah, neighbor who yes. is loving you from <laughs> afar and who's like. Girl, you need some pasta in your life. You know what I mean? That's, that is <laughs> that is what I so want much more for pleasant. you. And they yeah. were like, hey, do you drive a PT Cruiser? You should <laughs> 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 If you get keys on your
2: porch, that can be something
0: totally different. Can you, can you put a sticker in your door that's like, I break for PT Cruisers? And see if, like, maybe that is. <laughs> I get is... initiated into the cult. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking maybe it would give them a permission structure. To be uh, like, I can make this person is on my level. <laughs> it's kind of like we we're talking about people. You test people to find out if they're on your level. Uh-huh. That could be that for you. Okay. Or if you uh, get
2: scared, just like ramp up the stakes and be like, say something just that would horrify them. <laughs> I'm trying to think oh, of what that could yeah. be, but like,
3: I mean, oh, we're going to talk about soon. Yeah. So,
2: <laughs> or like you know, leave a note that indicates that you are a degree more unpredictable than they
3: are oh yeah maybe i can freak them out somehow
0: right yeah. see caitlin i like the way you yeah works. <laughs> how can we freak him out That's not an
3: idea i would have come up with that's awesome
0: you could be like women deserve an education
3: <laughs> <laughs> with this guy that'd probably work
0: <laughs> right that's what i'm thinking i wonder yeah okay well I mean, I think we need to research surveillance tools or bug sweepers, right? Because we need, to, we need okay. to know that we got to check all the nooks, all the crayons. Make the five holes in the wall. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, oh. That feels like an easy way to sneak in an installation. So hmm. uh, eyes on the prize, my friend. Okay. All I'm right. Really, I'm really sorry this went this way. <laughs> Thank you. R.I.P. your peace of mind.
3: <laughs> oh, I'll let you know how it goes.
0: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about a lighter subject. Let's yeah. talk about Raw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Keelan, as our guest, you got to pick the movie this time. What made you decide to select Raw?
2: I love this movie. I, It's been one of my favorites, like, Probably top ten, maybe top five movies ever. For oh wow! Me. Oh uh-huh. wow! And yeah, I've just every chance I get where someone like lets me choose the topic, or you know <laughs> who hasn't seen it. I bring it forward, mm-hmm. and it's it doesn't perfectly fit with monstrous menstruation, but I will say that you know we we don't get period stuff per se in this, and without spoiling anything, we do see quite the character arc. In our yeah. main character here, like, yes. she goes from yes. pretty naive and young, and we can get into what that looks like, and by the end, she has developed into a person with her own tastes, preferences, and desires, and
1: mm-hmm. so I
2: like to see that. It kind of fits in, you know, with the things I like in a movie, and I also love the taboo of cannibalism like i just i love cannibal movies i don't know what that says about me but i just (laughs) i have a lot to say about hunger in general yeah but yeah i'm it's just one that i always want to get into had you guys seen this before
0: i seen it once before ariel how about
3: i had never seen it nice yeah yeah so this was a first watch for me and i'm excited to talk about it
0: (laughs) i feel like this you need two watches to fully digest yeah i I swear this is not a purpose it's gonna happen a lot tonight. (laughs) but i stand by what i said i said what i said (laughs) oh that's awesome i'm really excited to get to hear you talk about it because this is a movie and that i definitely the first time i watched it i found it to be a little impenetrable Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: we'll get into maybe why that was and how that has a lot more to do with me than it does the movie (laughs) but i'm glad that i got to see it a second time because i feel like this time i engaged in a totally different way with it
2: oh that's great but i
0: but i still am processing because i do feel Mm -hmm. like this is a movie that percolates
2: Whatever could you mean? I
0: know right. <laughs> <laughs> and but I I want to hear you talk about it in some as someone who has been through that process and has done some processing with it. I I'm really <laughs> excited to hear you talk about it because I feel a little adrift and i'm like guide me to the land my friend um <laughs> all right before we go any further though really quickly ariel what is our spoiler policy here on the more deadly show just in case people are tuning in for the first time because they are also Caitlyn fangirls
3: yeah so, for, <laughs> so first i'm going to tell you a little bit about the director and the movie and then we're going to give you a short spoiler-free review and let you know whether you should check this one out and then we'll get into our spoiler review and at that point everything's on the table we're going to talk about all aspects of the movie so if that would bother you go watch it and then come back and finish listening
0: this thing has a banger of an ending so you don't want to spoil
2: that for yourself (laughs) yeah (laughs) definitely save it if you're like oh this sounds like something i would like and
3: you don't want to yeah save it Mm -hmm.
0: for sure until Mm -hmm. you've seen it I agree. I think... What about you, Ariel?
3: Oh, yeah. I think there's enough sort of bonkers things and surprising things in this movie that you wouldn't want to go in spoiled. I went in really cold. I just knew sort of the basics, that oh. it was about a young woman and cannibal stuff. <laughs> and I didn't really know anything beyond that. I think I was rewarded for that yes. <laughs> with what I saw.
0: Nice. All right. So like you said, you're going to tell us a little bit about the director and production. You want to break it down for us?
3: Yeah. So before I get started... I just want to say that the director is French, and there are some French <laughs> words that are going to come up. <laughs> and I looked up how to pronounce them, and I practiced, but I can't get it right. And I'm, <laughs> it's not going to be pretty is all I'm saying. So <laughs> bear with me and maybe plug your ears or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: So the director of Raw is Julia Decornau. She grew up in Paris and her father is a dermatologist and her mother is a gynecologist.
0: Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So her the
3: dermatology fasc- is already speaking to me with
0: I some know. of the body horror. It makes yeah. so much
3: sense. <laughs> <laughs> so her fascination with body horror really started earlier in her childhood because she was privy to a lot of her parents' conversations about medical stuff. So she kind wow. of grew up hearing all of that. Yeah. She said in an interview with The Guardian that doctors have a very honest yet distant way of talking about death and bodies and that that perspective really informs her work. And she said that it made her aware that your body has its own autonomy and that it does things without you having any choice about it. I thought that was interesting because I think it makes a lot of sense in the movie. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, that totally tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right. So she studied screenwriting at Le I think I said that right. It
1: sounded
2: great. Am I in France? What just happened?
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then she worked as a story editor and a script consultant before she made her first short film. And in 2011, she wrote and directed a short film called Junior about a woman who contracts a stomach bug and then begins to shed her own skin like a snake, which sounds pretty rad. Yeah. And that debuted at the Cannes Film Festival, and she won the Petite Real D'Or for that.
1: Oh, right.
3: (laughs) So then after that, she wrote and co-directed a made-for-TV movie called Mange about a recovering bulimic who seeks revenge on her college tormentor. And apparently that has a lot of body horror in it, too, and is really about transformation. So I kind of wish I could get my hands on that, but it was a TV movie. So the very next thing she did was write and direct Raw which is kind of crazy. She just did these two things and then moved on to Raw. It premiered at Cannes in 2016, and it won the Fipreski Prize. And she came up with the starting point for Raw while she was talking to her producer. So after they had seen a Cannibal movie, they were sitting around having a conversation, and she said to him that she didn't understand why there weren't more movies where the Cannibal was the main character instead of sort of the monster in the shadows, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was sort of her jumping-off point for Raw so it later showed at tiff and when it premiered there there were reports that the movie was so extreme that two people got sick fainted and the paramedics were called because of it Mm. so that was then sort of used as a promotional thing for the movie (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and a movie theater in la when it premiered there they handed out barf bags I think they were custom, like,
2: customized. Yes, they were customized
3: barf bags. (laughs) Wow!
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, merch, you can get any kind of merch, apparently. Listen, if I found one, I would, like... Uh, unused, obviously. I would frame it. Like I <laughs> love Hell, that movie. Yes. <laughs> that, that would like, be pretty cool. Oh, t- like talk about goals. Like if I can ever produce something that affects somebody so profoundly that yeah they, <laughs> they right. are moved to have a physical physiological reaction.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. new bar has been set for plugging. <laughs> <laughs> podcast till they puke.
3: <laughs> I was listening to a podcast about raw and. One of the people on there said that when they got the Blu-ray of it, it came with a barf bag too. What? Yeah. Okay, you know
0: what? There's got to be a lot of these in circulation. There, there must be some yeah, aftermarket for these. Yes. <laughs> All right, if we have to start a freaking GoFundMe, Caitlin, you will get one of these raw <laughs> garf bags. If it is, this is the hill I die on. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez.
2: That's so cool.
3: Yeah it's a cool idea. So the movie is set at a vet school but originally she had wanted it to be set at a medical school but she ended up changing that because she sort of figured out that it wouldn't work with the story because the character would have too easy access to dead bodies
1: essentially. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: So that's why she switched it to being at a vet school.
0: I feel like thematically it works better in a vet school too. Yeah. You know what I mean? When there's sort of the animalistic stuff that we mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Yeah, very true. Although, I'm a little better with cutting into dead bodies than I'm an animal. Uh, so to we'll be get fair, that later, to but... be... Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, touche.
3: <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree for the actual movie. I think it makes a lot more sense. So, all of her films have a lot of body horror in them. And like I said before, she attributes a lot of that to her parents, but also with watching Cronenberg films, which I think makes sense. And a lot of people who are into body horror and directors who do that, you know, cite him as being an inspiration.
1: That'll
2: do it. Yep. Yeah.
3: (laughs) So in interviews, she talked about how body horror can really express visually what's going on inside the character, that body transformation and illness can talk for the character before they have to say anything. And I think this movie, I think this movie does it a lot. She talked about it w- in regards to the rash that happens to one of the characters. Yep.
0: That's yeah. what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that rash. Ooh. Ooh.
3: The rash or even the waxing scene.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: There's an eyeball scene. I mean, there's, yeah, we can get it. Yes. The- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have we were on about the... that eyeball scene. <laughs> there was some, di- there was some, dis- Discussion on the Discord, and Ariel, just out of nowhere, was just like, and now we're licking an eyeball. I was like, bon appetit.
3: So, she said that she always tries to be really honest in her exploration of the human condition. In that same Guardian interview that I referenced earlier, she said of Raw. I could have made a gore fest with this film, but no, I wanted the audience to feel for her and to understand that it's actually being very human to be like this. So she also wanted Raw, on top of it being this body horror exploration about cannibalism, she also wanted it to be a coming-of-age story. So all of the films that she have made have been about body horror and a metamorphosis of some kind, and in Raw, that metamorphosis and change is really about... The young woman going from being, like Caitlin was saying, sort of a naive kid to a young woman who has a sexual awakening while she's away at college. Okay, so one of the things that I really love about this director is her interviews are fantastic. So when she was out talking about Raw, she did a ton of interviews in different newspapers and stuff, and she also did a lot that you can find on YouTube. And she is so blunt and so honest, and she swears, <laughs> and like just really real. <laughs> I just i really really appreciate the things that she had to say she seems super smart and very feminist and yeah so she said to the british film institute that for me sexuality is in the body and you should certainly not be a victim it's not something that you go through it's something that you are active in and it's perfectly okay your main aim should be to climax because if it's not your main aim you're never going to climax so that's what I wanted to show you, a sexuality that is not apologetic, shameless, in the body, in the now, and aiming at climax.
1: Oh my God.
0: So <laughs> activate. Right? I've got,
2: uh, got notes on that as
3: well. <laughs> so she also said that she really hates the way women's bodies are portrayed in the media, that they're always objectified and diminished. But with Raw, she really wanted to show bodies as being sort of just natural, trivial, funny, and grotesque Mm -hmm. and just sort of as they are and not kind of dressed up in this lustful way. So the other thing that I thought was really cool about her is that she's not one of those directors that's just behind the camera. She really gets involved with the actors and with even the extras. So one of the things that really bothers her about movies is dance scenes and club scenes. She says that anytime somebody's Doesn't look like they're dancing to the actual music or it's not sort of sweaty and grimy. It takes her out of the movie. So she wanted to make sure that her party scenes had all of those elements. Mm -hmm. And she wanted a really crowded party. So they hired about 300 extras to do this. Wow. Yeah. And she decided to teach them how she wanted them to dance. (laughs) So in that interview, she said, I don't want to see people dancing like they have a stick stuck somewhere. I'm not going to say. I want real dancing like everyone is here to fuck, basically. So I danced in front of my
0: 300 extras. She's oh, awesome, she's right?
1: She's so cool. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it paid off because those, those, I mean, they're not really clubs because it's in the school. Yeah. But those club-like scenes, they were oh, like a real. combination of exactly what I remember mm-hmm. back pre-COVID days when we used to be able to be (laughs) near people. The sweat is correct, but then also it has this sort of grotesque, almost society shunting Mm -hmm. aspect to it. very very true caitlin i love you for laughing at that you are my
2: people (laughs) didn't think we were gonna get shunting but i'm glad
0: (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the more deadly cast (laughs) but yeah that all really worked for me and so kudos to her for putting in the effort
3: yeah so, Raw came out in 2016, and since then, she's done a couple of other really cool things. She directed two episodes of the second season of Servant, which is M. Night Shyamalan's oh, TV show right. for Apple TV+.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you seen that, Caitlin? I have not. Oh, you should watch it. Well, I pretty, oh, I would do. It's pretty great. It has a lot of the grotesque stuff, but mostly around food.
2: Oh, it sounds so up
0: my alley, too. Yeah, it, and it's it very kind of art
3: house feeling and weird
0: it's <laughs> a shame weird. it's on apple plus because nobody's fucking seen it and i know, I know so that's the
3: good. thing i was like oh i guess i gotta get that now yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a bummer because it's a really really well done
0: show yeah oh, it is deep what the fuck and there's weird cult <laughs> stuff and then lots of really grotesque food related things the meat whore is high yes <laughs> yes
3: based on the movies that i've heard you talk about i feel like this might be right up your alley
2: it sounds very much up my alley. Yeah. I'm like, oh God, I'm going to have to get apples Apple <laughs> yeah. or whatever. There's
0: something about a blocked milk duct that I think Oh it yeah. oh, yes. <laughs> It is graphic. and i say that with great admiration
1: yes
3: (laughs) all right so after that she directed a new movie she just finished it and it's called titan and it premiered actually yesterday at Cannes to rave reviews everybody is raving about this movie it looks so good it looks so good so Instead of giving a synopsis for the audience, I am going to read the first paragraph of IndieWire's review about it.
1: okay. Okay.
3: (laughs) Here is the first paragraph. During the first half of Julia DeCornow's Titane, it's hard to tell if you're watching the most fucked up movie ever made about the idea of found family, or the sweetest movie ever made about a serial killer who has sex with a car, poses as the adult (gasps) version of a local boy who went missing a decade earlier, and then promptly moves in with the kid's still grieving father. During the second half, it becomes obvious that it's both, that somehow it couldn't be one without the other.
1: Wow. So excited. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So
3: I'm very excited. Like I said, it's getting great reviews. And I don't know when it's going to come out in the U.S. because obviously it just premiered at Cannes. But Neon acquired the U.S. rights to the film in 2019. So hopefully they won't take too long to release it yeah
0: yeah let's go yeah yeah i sounds guess we job. know I, what,
1: to
0: see it. <laughs> I guess we know for sure caitlin's coming back
3: oh yeah because
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need to talk about this ladies
3: <laughs> yes. yes yeah it sounds pretty great <laughs> all right so that's all i've got
0: oh that was great thank you so much ariel thanks for for sitting through our our lecture <laughs> caitlin you're good
2: story. <laughs> no, that was fantastic i mean like, i already knew that i loved her but now i'm
3: like just yeah every interview i watched i was just like oh man i really like you more and more each time
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's kind of a thing we've discovered doing this podcast is just we have become fangirls for women directors like in general because they're so tenacious yeah and they're so fucking punk rock and cool yeah yeah and i so i'm not surprised at all that she's a badass yeah, Especially after seeing this movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that about her dermatologist and gynecologist parents. I think that, it, yeah, that tracks. and Yeah, it
3: makes so much sense.
2: All the skin stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so mm-hmm. excited.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. The stuff with the laying off of the, Ooh, the sloughing yes. skin <laughs> is so good. I love it so much. But I'm a sicko that when someone has a sunburn, I'm like, I though. Oh, I always <laughs> wanted to peel I my significant other too. when I was in
2: a relationship. Okay. I,
0: was like, Can I peel you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: as long as I'm not going to like eat it or anything gross. I'm just like, I just want to peel you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so be satisfying. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Awesome. So before we get into spoiler territory, let's just generally kind of talk about how we feel about this movie. Caitlin, let's, let's go ahead and start with you. What do you think of this movie? I think that.
2: From like script to score to production value, this is—I just think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I end up recommending it to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) How have the responses been? I I have a hard time getting buy-in. You know, I have a hard time getting people to actually follow Mm, through and watch it. Got it. My cousin—I have a lot of cousins—and my cousin Olivia. Is a horror person like me, and she nice. like her pet interest is cannibal movies. Oh. so like oh. with her, I was like, boop 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 boop, alert alert alert, like cannibal movie, like <laughs> we watch it together, and she loved it. So like that was my big get. I was like, if if she likes it, then I know we're golden, and she mm-hmm. loved it. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's been like getting to bond with her over it. I wish more people would take me up on my offer. I'm always like, I'll give you my login because I bought it on Prime. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Years ago, like when it was first available to purchase. Uh Um, So I just, I always want people to watch this because the body horror is really good. The taboo stuff is really good. There's a lot that I feel in terms of like appetite and hunger and expressions of hunger Mm -hmm. and the whole coming of age stuff. It's very much up my alley. So Mm -hmm. I, I love it. And I think that... They just get everything right for the most part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about how, I don't know if you, this is probably, this is probably something you can relate to if you haven't personally experienced it is that I'm so dead inside from years and years of watching nothing but horror movies that I recommend, <laughs> I blind recommend horror Movies to people all the time, and then they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, really? Was that scary? Oh, was that gross? Was that violent? Oh, oh, I, yeah, I guess it would be. Oh, you're not a husk. I forgot. Sorry. Yes,
1: <laughs> so I, I
0: was, made that
3: mistake as well.
0: <laughs> so I, I was wondering if Raw was that movie for you.
2: <laughs> it, you know, yeah. I. It's funny that you say that. Have you seen Lizzie, the Lizzie Borden movie? That's on Twitter? Yeah. I have a friend who likes true crime but is not into horror, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like you would love it." It's like you know Lizzie Borden, the true crime thing. I was like, "It's amazing." Here's my Shutter login, like just constantly like (laughs) to watch allegedly, (laughs) allegedly Shutter (laughs) to the podcast. Um, I and I sent her the trailer, and she was like, "I don't know, that looks scary," and I was like, "No, it doesn't. Like
1: it's (laughs) like yeah."
0: I was like, "This might as well be a documentary." Yeah. (laughs) Oh dear yeah yeah because when you said that i was like oh that's safe again yeah
3: I, very safe i would have thought yeah. so too yeah i trying yeah. to even think was it
2: scary i remember it being pretty sexy but it's very sexy it's intense but it's like with raw this is one that would maybe give me a little pause depending on the person just because right. some people really can't handle body horror yeah but in general Across the board as a policy, it's like, yeah, you guys should watch this.
0: <laughs> I mean, how are they going to get tough if they don't start somewhere? Right, right. Yeah. right. Like, <laughs> suck it up, you people.
1: It. You'll be fine.
0: <laughs> you might dream about John ham masturbating with an egg, but it'll be fine. It'll be yeah, fine. and then we'll all be on the same page. So. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. How about you, Ariel? What did you think of Raw?
3: So, like I said, this was the first watch for me, and really the only thing I knew about it was the cannibalism part and the fact that Rachel had told me years ago that it had a lot of animal violence and that it was pretty extreme, and so that always made me nervous to watch it because I wasn't necessarily... I already feel part called out.
0: It. I already feel called out. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I feel very attacked.
3: But I am really glad that you wanted to do this one because I ended up really liking this movie. I think that there are really? elements of it that are still kind of working their way through my brain. And I'm sort of still trying to work out the meaning of things. But mm-hmm. I really, really liked it. I think that it's far less sort of traumatic and repulsive as I thought it would be. And I know that there's a lot of body horror in it, but I didn't feel gross after watching it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where some movies mm-hmm. just make you kind of go like,
1: yeah,
3: it didn't have that part for me. I thought that the body horror stuff in it was great and gross and fun. And I really liked that this movie is so kind of unapologetically female, mm-hmm.
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes.
3: And it doesn't shy away from sort of the awkward and ugly parts of that coming of age story. I think that the acting is phenomenal, and I love the chemistry between her and her sister, and we'll get into that, I'm sure.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And like Caitlin was saying, this movie is beautifully shot, and the score is fabulous, and it's just, I think it's really good. I do think that it's a bit of an experience, you know? This Mm -hmm, isn't something that you just sort of sit down and casually watch maybe for the first time, but I think that it's really worth seeing. Because I think there's so much that's really great about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not one. So, like, I do watch alongs sometimes with my friends that live far away. We'll watch something together mm-hmm. virtually. This isn't one that I would put on for that because I would be like, no, 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 pay attention.
1: Right. <laughs> you, know, right. Like, like, you have right. to watch
2: scene. <laughs> you know, Stop sending it's me gifts. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, it's one that, like, you know, it, it's art housey in the sense that, like, yeah, you kind of got to pay attention. It's subtitled, so you have to, you know, definitely be paying attention and reading. So, it's not one for the background. It's one that you put on
0: because you're ready to watch a wild movie
3: yeah exactly exactly
0: it's both extremely confrontational and super subtle at the same time yeah that's true so it does require an investment from its audience i think i kind of almost wish i could have seen it in a theater because then there's no escape you have to watch right right yeah yeah Yeah. so i'm gonna say some things that are gonna probably worry you caitlin but i promise you (laughs) my feelings about this movie are largely positive my issues have Nothing to do with the content of the movie itself, but myself. Okay. <laughs> okay. So my feelings are complicated because it pits two very powerful sides of myself against one another. On one hand, there is this feminist... Hornered in me that just eats pun this kind of movie <laughs> up right you know sexual awakening sibling rivalry body whore that is distinctly female transgressive exploration of the grotesqueness of sexuality all those kinds of things could not be more for me that it is what i'm actually looking for in the horror genre for the most part but then there's this other side of me <laughs> my biggest triggers are animal violence food mm-hmm. horror and eating sounds
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so the story the themes the characterization the depiction honestly this movie is stunning to look at I, the opening scene where it opens on that road and then there's the mm-hmm. car i mean all of that you're just like oh i'm this is a beautiful well-made movie all of that stuff is a plus 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 for me but at the same time the experience of watching it is it's a little unpleasant <laughs> because that has to do with me. So why I'm even bringing this up, because I don't actually think that it, it, it ultimately really matters because that is a personal preference as opposed to actual critique of a film. But the first time I watched this because of those things, I was so completely rattled that I was unable to engage with this uh, in any way other than just sort of like literally as the plot was playing out in the film. Gotcha. Yeah. And so it felt to me like I could not decode it. It felt like, in addition to being in another language, thematically, it was in another language. I could see that there was something there. There was a deeper thing there, but I could not penetrate it. I couldn't grasp what was going on. And so I'm really, like Ariel, really, really glad that you made us watch this because I do think that this needed a second watch. Now that I know where it's going, I know what's happening, I know when to look away because they're going to cut open a broken <laughs> horse. I can kind of dodge the things that are the, the that are going to pull me out of the movie so that I could really engage with the rest of the content. And I had a much better time this time. And I also felt like I kind of was able to understand it in new ways. I'm still in the process of understanding it, but that second rewatch was definitely much more rewarding. And this movie has a lot to say. And I think a lot of those things are super radical and super feminist. And even if you're like me and kind of off put by those things, I think you need to watch it at least once, but better yet twice Mm -hmm. because there is, even if you're struggling that first time like I was, there is a reward at the end of that, I think.
2: Absolutely. And that's that's all very fair. I also think that people will take different things out of this depending yeah. on sort of like what experiences they have and what mm-hmm. they bring to it. That's certainly like some of the biggest takeaways for me are sort of my lived experiences and mm-hmm. sort of my fears my desires and like that's what i pulled yeah. out of it but i'm sure yeah. that everyone can pull different things out of it
0: when it comes to themes it's like you know they say you're supposed to eat nutrient rich or dense foods that's what this movie is for female themes
3: yeah, yeah it's true. all yeah. here it's, passion, it's pretty man. much all
0: yeah. here <laughs> <laughs> and depending on where you i feel like also if you watch this over a period of time over the years different things are going to stand out to you you know what i mean
1: because Absolutely.
0: there's so many different things she's exploring here. The body image stuff is really, really stood out to me. But I mean, for me, I think the thing I'm going to, we'll talk about it, but I latch onto the most is the sister dynamic really stood out to me more this time in a mm-hmm. way that I, I feel like I kind of missed it the first time through. Yeah. Those are my non-spoilery thoughts. <laughs> so I'm going to stop because I'm leading into spoiler town. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else before we move on? No. Just go watch it. People, this is me vamping and giving you a chance to... <laughs> Turn off the pod and come back after you watched it. I don't know where you can watch it. But I'm sure it's streaming a lot of places. Put it in your eyes. I don't recommend <laughs> eating while you watch it. Like my friend who ordered a beat, Reuben, which
1: was a little Um <laughs> All
0: right. I think I've vamped long enough. So let's get into spoilers. I'm going to start with the synopsis. All right. Here we go. Justine is a young vegetarian who is starting her first semester at veterinary school. Her sister also attends the school, like their parents before them, which... Matters in the end, you'll get there, we'll get there. (laughs) And when she gets to the school, sister's nowhere to be found, so she goes in by herself. It's very, a very lonely walk, walk of shame to school. There's nobody around, which is very weird, but whatever. And she meets her new roommate, who is a gay gentleman named Adrian. And when the two of them are pulled out of bed during what is the beginning of a week long hazing ritual. It's just this crucible of humiliation <laughs> and boundary breaking, including the eating of a raw liver of a rabbit, which, by the way, I'd be like, and I'm going to be exiting the school now. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, like, I don't mind being on the Alps. Like, you guys yeah. have fun. I mean, I'm I'll there. just have no friends. It's fine.
0: I was probably going to be an outcast anyway, so let's just skip the details. Like, <laughs> like I have online friends. I'll be okay. <laughs> so, you guys have fun. At this point, Justine's sister forces her to do so, and soon after, she begins feeling weird side effects, including this really intense rash that we've alluded to, and, of course, a craving for flesh. At first, cooked, but eventually, as the title says, raw. (laughs) One night after her sister is giving her a Brazilian, as you do, (laughs) Alexia accidentally cuts off her finger, and Justine eats it, as you do. And Alexia realizes that her sister is a cannibal. Fortunately, she's one too. But unlike Justine, she has started killing people to satisfy her hunger. Along with the craving for flesh, Justine is now experiencing a sexual awakening and she becomes fixated on her roommate, Who she eventually succeeds in having sex with. We'll talk about that, I'm sure. At this point, the sisters start to develop a rivalry, and Alexia plays a really gross prank on her at the party. Again, we're gonna need to talk about that. And the two of them fight, but make up. The following morning, she wakes up in bed with Adrian again, but he is dead, killed, and eaten by Alexia. Although I'm unclear about whether or not Justine also ate him. I don't know, you guys can weigh in and let me know Mm what you think. And then we flash forward. Alexia is in jail for murder. Justine's father sits her down to explain to her that it's not her fault that she is a cannibal; it's hereditary, and reveals that their mother is also a cannibal and has been eating him for their entire marriage. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, the best last like thirty seconds of a movie that I. Can't. Oh, I know.
1: And then so it just good. like cuts
0: to black. You're like,
1: yeah.
2: What? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, can see like Justine's lips start to quiver and her eyes sort of fill up with tears, and it's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my.
0: And like we all realize it at the same time. Yes.
2: I was like, ah, I
3: love the
2: end. Yeah. Uh,
0: so good. That whole final act, it just slaps, dude. the whole final act. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. All right. Now that the spoiler gates are off, I, let's get back into this. Now, I'm going to, again, start with you, Caitlin. So let's start by the yeah. positive things. What are things you really loved about this movie?
2: I I think the body horror here is done really well. Mm-hmm. Because in a cannibal movie, we could just get... I don't know, like, a lot of chomping, like, a lot yeah. of cutting off of body parts. And and we do, I mean, like, we see Alex, you know, when she causes the car crash trying to teach Justine how she hunts, I guess, for lack of a better word. She, like, puts her face and, like, eats the guy's face. Like, I mean, that's significant cannibal body horror right there. Yes. And yeah. it's really good. But I also really love... When we see her scratching, like, the point of view is us under the sheets with her, and Justine is scratching at this terrible rash she has. And, like, you can hear it, and the scene is really prolonged. like It goes on for a long time.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it does. But you're right, the way it's filmed under the sheet is really cool, because you're, yeah, you're sort of enclosed with her experiencing this, you know? And and I think
2: that also adds to, like, you know, if you were there with her, you would be able to hear it Mm -hmm. like
3: that. yeah.
2: And, like, the waxing scene, the bikini waxing scene, like, the close-ups of, like, the wax not coming off. I mean, like, the body horror here is really good, and it doesn't just lean into, like, ooh-hoo, cannibal, cannibal. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) we're gonna have somebody lick an eyeball. I don't know. I I really appreciate how varied the body horror is and Mm -hmm. how effective each part of it is, not just the fact that she, like, eats a finger and her sister goes to like zombie style eat this dude's brain (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. so good (laughs) i mean it gets at some very female specific body horror too with the waxing because i think most of us have made the home wax mistake once Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so when it's stuck and you you knew it had been on too long oh that resonates in a way that's a lived experience to truly appreciate how you are in that moment yeah and
3: also <laughs> sharing that with a sister or like a close friend i think is also an experience a lot of us have had so i feel like it's it's super relatable but it's also horrifying as you're watching it
2: mm-hmm. well and also outside of the horrific stuff that happens with bodies i think you had mentioned both of you had mentioned earlier about sort of like the more mundane mm-hmm. parts of bodies not just the sexual parts but yeah. like when she and her sister are peeing on the roof together. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's so funny, and it's so silly, and it's not at all sexualized, even though they're both nude from the waist down. Right. You right. know, and, like, there are there are other scenes where they're both nude, and it's never sexual. I mean, obviously, they're sisters, so... It wouldn't be. But at the same time, it's like the the styling of the camera and the point of view is not sexualized.
3: Right. Because even if there wasn't sexual attraction between the two of them, like you said, they're sisters. We often, the way they're filmed is where we as the audience are supposed to be having sexual feelings towards them. And I feel like the way she filmed a lot of this, you don't get that same thing.
2: The only time we really get it is when we're watching the roommate Adrian play soccer. And right, it's very, yeah. like, yes. I don't know if, like, the term female gaze, some people, some, some people like it, some people don't. But mm-hmm. we get the distinct impression that, like, Justine is watching Adrian play soccer, like, eyes lingering on his shirtless torso, right. on his crotch area. Like, the one place we do get this sort of, like, sexualized styling from the camera is on a man. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just, you know, nice to see that sort of swap that we don't usually get.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. I would say when we have the nudity on during the peeing scene is probably where we see both sisters at their most sort of innocent in a Mm -hmm. way. There's something very like a childlike joy to that scene or a silliness that kind of eliminates that kind of sexual aspect to it. And it's also, I feel like such an important piece of the sister relationship, right? Because everything we else we see is pretty adversarial or, it's very much one sister desiring the attention of the other and the other one kind of in a kind of horizontal hostility way giving her that attention whether it's like dragging her through a party or yeah. having her try on clothes there's still this underlying hostility right. always between them like you're gonna stretch out my shoes I mean is right. it to- is it not like a sister relationship I mean as someone with a sister I can say it's probably pretty accurate but <laughs> at the same time that scene is where you kind of actually get to see the stripped down love of the the sisters who sister share the only other time we see that is at the very end through glass Mm,
2: and yeah and and it's interesting that
0: that's also the the scene where we have you know the most nudity happening
2: well i I just really love that and and even at the end of the scene where they're peeing together and they're laughing i think it ends with justine saying like can i stay at your place tonight i don't feel well and it's like that's the one of the more tender moments that they have together where they are sort of you know, looking after one another. We see them looking after one another later after they brutally fight one another. Oh, yeah. but like, <laughs> you That's know, a this is Yeah, one of, like, the few tender sister moments, and I really appreciated that.
3: Yeah, because I think the cool thing about it is you do get a sense of that love between them, but there's also this deep underlying competition, and like Rachel was saying, hostility. That even though we see some scenes where they're sort of bonding and feeling love towards each other, there's also the animalistic fight scene where they just really go after each other. Or that scene of the older sister just being super cruel by filming her while she's drunk in that morgue, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
3: in front of other people. Yeah. So I think it does a good job of showing sort of all the layers of that type of relationship. I have two sisters, but we're pretty far apart in age, so I didn't have that same kind of competitiveness, But I, but some of it did resonate where you're trying to get the attention of an older sister that is mm-hmm. more experienced and cooler than you. I definitely felt that deeply, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, and Justine is, you know, she's this like prodigy, you know, mm-hmm. I think they make a couple of references mm-hmm. that she might've skipped grades, that she's young to be there, that she's really smart. I mean, Alex even says like, you're the favorite, you're the smart one, whatever. So like the competition is there, yes. even right. though they are, you know, maybe significantly, I think in the, in the movie, they're only a couple of years apart in, terms of like their grade level but they're
3: Justine
0: is coded at least as very young mm-hmm.
3: yeah. yeah yeah definitely
0: i mean in their our first interaction with the parents you know the way that she deals with getting the meat in her mouth is just in a very mm. childlike way to sort of drop it out of her mouth
1: mm-hmm.
0: and there's a lot of these little body language cues throughout the first couple of acts of this movie that really underscore the fact that she is really if not chronologically young sort of emotionally and maturity wise very young like the Mm -hmm. eating of the hair is a big one Mm. which oh talk about body horror
1: (laughs) 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 It's,
0: it's real good but yeah the sister thing i think what stood out to me is and this again like you said i think you take your lived experience out of it so my sister is also quite a bit older than me but there was a point where even though she was as i got older that gap closed
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: we eventually were, we lived together and our Venn diagram of friends and life became a circle. And for the <laughs> first time, that dynamic wasn't little sister, big sister, little sister looking up to big sister. But all of a sudden I became competition for her in a way. Gotcha. And yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that dynamic changed. It became one-sided competitive. And so seeing that play out on screen, it just really struck me how kind of accurate it was and how there's that love but also the tension of seeing someone as a rival and to see it sort of just one of the themes thrown into the mix of so many but still she nails it i think is is really impressive
3: yeah yeah because you do really feel justine looking up to her older sister mm-hmm. and her older sister resenting her you know yeah. and it creates this tension and competition between them that's super toxic at times but then they also are able to come together in a loving way because they are sisters you know
1: yeah
2: and because they have this really unusual thing that's happening to both of them exactly yeah like i love when the fight dissolves at the end they're fighting each other and they're both like locked in yeah like teeth biting into one another and they're panting and people have pulled them apart and they're bucking like animals and at a certain point they kind of see that People are filming them with their phones. And there's this, they walk off together, even though they've just been literally tearing each other's flesh off with their teeth. (laughs) They walk off sort of like arm in arm, like together. Yeah. And that's such a, I don't have a sister, but I can Mm -hmm. feel like, oh yeah, that's it. Like the fighting, but also like, don't fucking mess with my sister. Right.
0: (laughs) We can fight, but it'll ultimately be us against the world. Yeah. Yeah, Right. I loved that. Do you know when, you, when you're when you doing your research, Ariel, do you know if Julia has siblings?
3: I actually don't know that.
0: Because, man, I would not be surprised if she has a I wouldn't either. <laughs> I didn't hear her talking
3: about it in any of, any of the interviews. I don't know if that's like a privacy thing for her. But I wouldn't be surprised either because it did definitely feel real.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah you and your sister know. occasionally do the, the biting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so caitlin you talked a little bit about how you wanted to talk about appetite in this movie yeah
2: yeah so and i think that's like where my lived experience comes Mm -hmm, in mm because i think about that a lot so and i think that's one of the reasons i really love this movie is because we get really unabashed appetite from justine so as a woman and especially as a woman who lives in a larger body it's sometimes hard for me to express my appetite Mm
1: -hmm. i think like
2: i would sometimes be afraid that people would be like Oh, no wonder you're hungry. Like, you're so fat. Of course you're eating. Or they'd be like, you can't be hungry. You're already so big, you know? And I think Excuse in me, general. Excuse me have
0: to go murder some people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry.
2: I appreciate it. I <laughs> but I think in general, women aren't really encouraged to express their hunger or appetite. Yes. Whether that's for food or yeah. whether it's for sex or a lot of different things. And we see Justine totally ravenous in this she has an appetite for food and sex Mm -hmm. and what she craves is so taboo that it really subverts Mm -hmm. the societal standard for the way that we conceptualize women and appetite like Mm -hmm. when she's having sex with the roommate she bites into her own arm in order to orgasm oh
3: i love that part yes yeah
2: it's like she is so hungry and she talks about never feeling full Uh she's and the fact that it's so taboo just really underscores all of it but i love seeing her hungry ready for sex and like you know she just she has these needs that need to be fulfilled and they're very natural like they're they're things that everybody needs for the most part Mm -hmm. and I just I love that I love looking at her appetite right yeah
3: there's like an extreme part of it because she literally wants to eat flesh and maybe you can't Mm -hmm. relate to that but I think all the other feelings (laughs) are, are very real and resonant and I think that what's so great too is that She's never second-guessing herself or feeling shameful about these desires that she's having. And I think that's so much of what we see often in movies, especially with young women, is, like, feeling bad about that stuff. And we don't get that from Justine. And, you know, in that scene you were talking about where she has sex with her roommate and bites her own arm, I mean, she just takes what she needs. I need this to orgasm, so I'm going to do that. And I think that we are conditioned as women to not... Do that I think maybe that's changing a little bit, but I think it was so cool to see that on screen, you know. And I love that we get to see her build her confidence throughout the movie. And I mean, maybe some of the way she does it is not great, but, <laughs> 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 but when we see her, for instance, at that party scene in the beginning where it's so sort of chaotic and she's lost in the crowd, kind of being bounced around. And then if you compare that to the party scene towards the end of the movie where she's mm-hmm. moving through the crowd with confidence and she's drinking and being sexual with people. And I mean, maybe not with consent, but she's doing it. Right.
0: I did love the kissing the one guy and, and then she's like, find someone else. And she's like, okay. This the girlfriend. Yeah, that's great. That's great. like, someone give this woman a crown. <laughs> she is yeah, but I
3: just, I just love the way she confidently moves into her sexual awakening. And it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, there's no shame in her doing that, you know?
2: Well, and it, it's so tied in to her appetite as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I just feel like, and this is partly, I'm more keen into it because of the line of work that I'm in and because of my own experience with disordered eating. But you hear it all the time when you, when you tune into it. Like, I, I hear... Friends, family, coworkers, people say like, "Oh, sorry, I'm eating so fast." Like, "Oh, sorry, I'm eating so much. I didn't have yeah. lunch today." Or it's like, I don't care if you like, I, you don't Ugh. have to explain your hunger to me. If yeah, you're hungry, you don't have I'm to
3: fucking excuse eat. it. Just eat. Yeah, yeah. yes. Bitch,
2: or like, if you are like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to pay for this later at the gym," it's like, no, like you don't have to explain or like negotiate your hunger. You can just be hungry. And right. as a woman, I just feel like we're not really you know like i don't know it's it's funny when teen boys are hungry because oh their teen boys are going to eat you at a house and home but right. like, if a woman says they're hungry especially a larger bodied woman like me it's like i'm allowed to be hungry you know right. <laughs> like, i don't have to explain that to anybody yeah, food is no. morally
3: neutral like you don't need yeah. to explain it but it's we're so conditioned to do it that i even do it sometimes you know
2: oh it's yeah it's i've you know been doing this work for a very long time and i still catch myself doing it because it's just part of our culture right and i just love you know the, the line that really sticks out to me and she's like i never feel full and i was like good for her she said it
0: you know <laughs> that, that made me think of I, I went to a doctor's appointment years ago and i remember it was something totally unrelated and the doctor prescribed me two things to go on a diet and to get on the pill Right. And I was like, oh, you have a problem with all of my appetites. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I think I have a foot thing. I'm not really sure where we how we got here. But yeah, there was a very judgmental experience oh, where yeah. those were the two things that I walked out of the door with a prescription for.
1: Yeah. Of
2: course. And I mean, we get that played that. out in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's – the nurse describes treating a patient who lived in a larger body and how everyone turned her away and told her she needed to lose weight. And this nurse treated her like a person. And the girl, you know, she said that she cried. And I've had that experience. It's mm-hmm. like you go in with strep throat and they're like, oh, maybe she should lose weight. And I'm like, right. for my fucking strep throat. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, you right. Know, so it's – you know, it, it felt – That scene felt out of place the first few times I watched it because it does feel storytelling and expository. But the more I think about it, like, the more sort of, like, hunger and size. Mm -hmm. I mean, Justine and her sister are both very, um, like, they live in smaller bodies, and that's fine. But, like, the fact that it was presented just makes me love the movie even more. I don't know if that was the intent, but all of sort of the discussions about, like, hunger and, you know, satiety and – appetite and lust mm-hmm. like i'm like yeah fucking let's go for it yeah this yeah. nurse rules and she smokes a cigarette in the nurse's <laughs> I station know. This is like the, the most, most french, french thing i've yes, ever seen exactly <laughs> i was like go, put
0: on the beret let's just do the yeah. whole thing <laughs> let's just do it uh yeah i think it kind of follows that through line right where they talk about i mean in terms of this movie presents a lot of taboos and one of them is diverging from the prescribed beauty standard whether it be it's taboo to be fat or it's taboo to have hair and you're you know where it naturally grows <laughs> and there's we see that with the girl who is kind of self-congratulatory after she tells gives her advice for how to throw up better yeah um, oh god yeah, I yes about that. and her you know and sort of there's the, the weird aggressive aggressive passive <laughs> comments about her being anorexic when she tries on a dress and it fits well right and so i think And a movie that's largely about taboos, I think we're being presented with another way that this movie is kind of giving the middle finger to the taboo of breaking the beauty standard. And I think you're right. It's also about appetite. I had not made that connection, but I think you're absolutely correct. Those things are so linked. Ah, See, this is why I need you, Caitlin. (laughs) We're having (laughs) breakthroughs.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And that's something that I bring just from my experience and from, you know, being in relationships where I feel like I couldn't express my hunger without mm-hmm. getting maybe chastised or like a look. Mm. And it's like, you know, a lot of that is my own shit for sure. But I also think that that's probably when I think about a feminist director like DuCorn like, yeah, I mean, she probably wants us to bring that our own stuff to it and from it. Right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So pervasive. Even in France. There's no escape. There's no escape from this bullshit. <laughs> maybe this is the beginning of the escape hatch, right? We're just naming it. And if we yeah. can collectively get on board with this is some bullshit, you know, maybe right. that's how we move the needle a little bit. Oh, this movie, this movie, this movie. <laughs> so for me, one of the other things that I really kind of latched onto this was kind of through a queerness perspective, right? That she has these desires and in some ways they're extremely natural, but in other ways they're quote unquote unnatural, right? And so I think going to college and discovering yourself and discovering your sexuality, you could view some of this unnatural desire being around discovering your queerness in college and discovering perhaps that you have what some people would be considered to be a taboo desire and, learning to embrace that and i found myself partly because of the adrian character and how i think he kind of i mean he declares himself to be a gay man but he has sex with her and then he's really upset about it Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and so
0: i think some of that is about him also working out his shit like he's i'm in college i can i can totally embrace this side of me and to maybe have parts of himself that are still they're not, you know, a seven on the Kinsey scale or whatever the top number is, a 25. I don't know, the Kinsey scale. <laughs> like, but, just, so he is having some internal struggles, but because we're not viewing the story through his perspective for the most part, we kind of have to context clue it a little bit. So Caitlin, what I do for a living is I write for the advocate. And so everything is through a queer lens for me. That's what I do, nine to five. So to me, this movie kind of, I felt like a queer audience could also sort of see some of themselves in this when they watch this. Absolutely,
2: and I I love talking about the roommate here because I yes. feel like he has such an interesting role, and he's yeah I I, I like I love watching him play soccer. I love yes. the soccer scene. I love when he blows up at her because the sisters are both kind of competitive with him. Yeah, he's like yeah. knowing Rock that tree. that's not really his shtick. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Wrong. <Where are you? laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: like I I also love you know he. He's comforting Justine after, you know, an incident, and he's, you know, puts on porn and starts masturbating, and then she comes back out Mm -hmm. in the towel, and he shuts it, and then they start having sex, and it's like, there's so many avenues here, it's great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Yeah, I also really just loved that the story is largely just focused on the two women, the Mm -hmm. two main characters, and doesn't care that much about the men in the story. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get to know... Yeah, we get to know Adrian a little bit, but mostly he's there to sort of facilitate the story and the character development of Justine, right? And we don't, like you were saying, we don't get his perspective through any of the movie. And I think that's really cool because so often we have movies that are focused on men and the girlfriend or the roommate or whatever are just this sort of side character who you don't really know and are just there, again, for the story and plot and everything. So I think it was cool to have that flipped, you know, and like you were saying, the soccer scene, it's the same thing where we're looking at the man in a lustful way with the camera and we're not doing that with the women.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. We can objectify dudes once in a while. He'll be okay. Right. Right. <laughs> They'll be fine. It's not going to topple the patriarchy all on its own if we do one zoom in here and there. Are we going to be Yeah. Okay?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, outside of this, the scene where she's painted blue and the other guy's painted yellow and they have to make green, Oh, yes. Adrienne is, like, her kind of introduction to sexuality in general. Yes. Like, she walks on him having oral sex with someone. Right. He's, like, very upfront about his sexual preferences. Like, I mean, she doesn't – she enters our lives as viewers so young, so naive, and so – like, we know that she hasn't had sex yet because she tells that to the nurse. Mm -hmm. And we see her get this sort of exposure to sexuality from Adrian because she's attracted to him and also because that's kind of a part of how he expresses himself. Yeah. And then, like, we see her develop – like, she starts making out with herself in the mirror. She has sex with Adrian, and she just becomes more sexually empowered. So, yeah, like, we we do kind of – he is definitely – a tool that we use to explore Justine's mm-hmm. sexual awakening, but I appreciate that we have him there to do it and that he's not just like, they could have written him as like some hunky dum-dum. Like a you know? Inbo, and Ho, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's got nuance. There's, he's got his own sexuality that he's, figuring out Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that the character was written with a little bit of nuance
0: i actually really love adrian it hurt my heart you know at the end i mean i I ultimately the story is about the sisters but you know that he was kind of this sexy character could like you said be really shallowly written but there's one scene and I, i i'm still kind of trying to figure out what What is being said in here, and so I want to bounce it off you guys, see if you have some Mm -hmm. thoughts. And it involves Adrian when they go to the convenience store to get shawarma. There is a truck driver who comes over and very menacingly touches his face and ear. And I understand, like I said, on a literal perspective, what is happening in front of me. But I, I, I want to know what you guys thought—the significance, the meaning, what was trying to be said by that scene, because it felt. It felt like something was being said, but I don't think that I quite understood it. Well, the actual text
2: is very class-related, and then the subtext is super sexual. Okay. So, because... Adrian's talking about like oh look at these guys driving their big rigs they're all going to drive super drunk because he's talking about they sell alcohol at the gas station and that's one of the first things that this like predator dude says when he comes up it's like oh yeah here I go drinking behind my wheel or whatever like that so because he overhears Adrian say that and makes that comment and then he also says like you know you're lucky to be at school it's a good place you should value it so like there's this like tinge of like, oh, you're in a very privileged place and you're judging us for, you know, what we do on our downtime or something like that. But the the threat
0: is so sexualized yes. and
3: yeah, uncomfortable.
0: That's mm-hmm. that's where I, my confusion comes from. Same. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, at least I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> Solidarity and a... confusion. No, yes. I mean, it made me
3: intensely uncomfortable because yes. it, it actually goes on for a pretty long time, yes. or at least it felt that way when yes. I was watching yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, does that scene happen before or after he has sex with Justine? Before before yeah it's, yeah
0: it's when he it's after he's she tried to pocket the greasiest hamburger fatty ever <laughs> yeah he's like yeah I mean, <laughs> let's, he do that. Beat, <laughs> let's do this properly yeah i don't want weird mystery wet meat let's get right good. right
3: <laughs> no and i love that too that he's introducing her to me you know and sort yeah, of facilitating yeah. that awakening for her mm-hmm. but yeah i don't i don't really know about that scene it's it just made me super uncomfortable and it felt a little bit out of place to me
0: I mean, it was the one time in the movie that I felt fear for one of the characters because it was so, I was like, no, please, let's not go here. Please, please, please. Because I think everything else is about someone gaining power, whereas we see this dynamic where he's outside of the school, outside Mm -hmm. of his kind of sphere, his comfort zone, right? And seeing how vulnerable he is. And see, I don't know what, I don't know what that's trying to say, but. I just know that it, yeah, I'm like, not sure what our
2: takeaway is, yeah,
0: well, when I watch this again in five years, I bet it will mean something.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: I do like or i don't I don't know if I would say I like, but one thing that's interesting about that scene is that Justine, whether or not she would have gotten it anyway, given her naivety, I like that you know this dude is being very inappropriate with Adrian, and she's just like totally disaffected, like. Or unaffected, rather. She's just, like, chowing down. And it's, like, you know, she's not afraid. She's just fucking eating. Yeah. And, like, I think the dude, the predator guy, was probably a little off-put that, you know, this girl isn't scared. She's just fucking eating. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be a weirdo and make them afraid. Yeah. (laughs) And she's not paying me any attention. Yeah. Not in a good or bad way, but it's just, like, she is totally...
3: Probably didn't even know that that dude was there. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it.
0: I mean, it definitely... If you look at it in comparison to the way that Adrian is looking out for her and protecting her, and then she is completely oblivious to when he's in distress.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the cool things about the movie, too, is that we are not presented with perfect characters. Mm -mm. Both of the women are flawed in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, she's not there to sort of stand up for Adrian. She also throws him under the bus in a hot second when she's accused of cheating and you know they've grown really close but she doesn't hesitate to just throw him under the bus i mean it doesn't make you like her more but i think that's kind of the point you know nobody's perfect she's a flawed character and i yeah. think that getting like we always say when you get more flawed and complicated women on screen i think it enriches the
0: movie Over. I love messy women. I'm a messy yep. woman. I right, mean, exactly. I have made many, many <laughs> poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, representation matters, you know. Yeah. So, I want to <laughs> see my people the fuck up. That's what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> but I do like what you said, like, we don't see her protecting him mm-hmm. there when she probably should, mm-hmm. given that, you know, it just would be nice to have her reciprocate because – Throughout the movie, like, he's guiding her and supportive of her. And they don't know each other. They're just roommates. Like, they just met. And, like, I I find him very, I don't know, very endearing. I think we all end up liking Adrian because he does, like, he lets her know why people are freaked the fuck out by her. Like, he's, you know, encourages her, like, hey, like, I'm here just eat the rabbit kidney, like, for better or worse.
0: And, I mean, even when the school turns on him, he still finds her and tries to show her some compassion.
3: Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's sweet a good guy. Mm. I
3: know. <laughs> Brutal. That scene Brutal. though where she finds him dead Ooh. is really really good.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. So good.
3: Yeah. And and that's one of the things that I think I wasn't expecting with this movie is that there is some subtlety to it. I know that we see his leg, you know, eaten and her sister just dripping in blood, but you don't see the action, you right. know? Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it feel less Kind of exploitative or like torture porny, where you don't get that ick factor after you watch it, because there is a lot of care put into the way things are filmed and presented to you.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. True. It's
2: it's not like you said. It's not exploitative because we're really getting the emotional ramification yeah. of it, and like there is this sort of visceral reaction to know. That I mean, we think it's just seen at first, but someone has eaten his leg, you know, like yes. that alone is gross enough. Like, we don't have to see it. And I, I think the restraint there is really good because the emotional impact is much higher than it would have been had we seen Alex, like, under the covers, right. you know, peekaboo and like seen her. <laughs> <and peek-a-boo.
1: laughs>
2: I need the peekaboo cut, release the peekaboo cut. <laughs> So she's like why didn't you hit me and it's like yeah. oh no because I, I when i first saw it of course i thought you know she had done it yeah. in some blackout or something and then we cut to your you know we see the the hole poked in his back from the ski
0: pole and it's like oh no oh, shit.
3: yeah <laughs>
2: so
0: yeah. do we think that they both ate him or because i uh, yeah or do you think it was just alexia i'm unclear
3: I at first thought it was just Alexia. Yeah. Because she's the one who has the blood dripping down her face. Yeah. And you think at first that Justine does, but it's really just blood from that time her sister bit her cheek and it's still right, like right, healing. Right. So I don't think she did. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, Well, I mean Maybe I don't know, but she does when seem I first saw it,
0: surprised to be there when she wakes up, which makes me think she was in Cannibal. Fumigating. Right, exactly, exactly. Right. I think that's yeah. the confusion. Not my sweet Justine. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <sighs> I th- I didn't consider that she had taken part in it after we get the reveal, of course. Yeah. But uh, I I do now that you're mentioning that she was a little bit surprised to wake up in his bed that there might be. Mm-hmm. I I you know the little things though, like I. The first time I saw this, I didn't notice that she took the key out of the door and was going to lock her sister in. Yeah. And then it's like, "Oh, you should have done it. You should yeah, have. Locked her in. You should have locked her in." <laughs> mm.
3: Yeah. So. That's that's really good. And just the the body horror is done so well. I mean, that wound in his leg or the wound in the guy's head in the car, it all looks really really good. And that first scene where she takes the bite of her sister's finger. I love the time that is spent there. Okay. You know, it's done pretty slowly and the way she's nibbling at his finger and like (laughs) taking bites. (laughs) It's, it's so it's so good. And when I was watching it, of course, cuz I hadn't read anything about the movie, I didn't realize that the sister was also a cannibal at this point. Mm-hmm. So when she wakes up and just kind of looks at her and is so casual about it and then is so casual in the hospital. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Oh my god. <laughs> but it all well, makes on a second sense.
2: watch, you know, Justine goes, "I have to pee." And her sister goes, "Me too." And the mom, you know, throws her back in the wheelchair. And yeah. it's like, "Oh, you know, do you know on a right? second watch, she's going to be like, "Hey, you ate my finger. We have to talk about uh-huh. that. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. Oh,
0: justice for the dog, though. Justice oh, for the quickie. dog. R. P. Quickie. R.I.P. Yeah. Quickie. R.I.P. Quickie.
1: Agree.
3: Uh, Agree. Was so Nobody sad. was upset enough about that. I know actually like alexia was like lol mom's so
1: stupid yeah. like, what
3: <laughs> the
0: fuck so mean she's like mom's such a sap lol is I'm it like, oh, it's your dog is this the thing about having doctors or parents she's just saying vets are essentially the same way with their patients we're like oh wow oh
3: god maybe that yeah clinical
0: distance Ugh. uh-huh i would have been a hot ass mess yes i, mean,
3: I would have been sobbing yeah <laughs> Well, and and speaking of the parents, that's really one of my only cons
2: Mm -hmm. was I wish we had more of the mom. So Justine and Alexia both seem frustrated with their mom for being overbearing. Like, we see the mom, like, have Justine spit out the meatball. Right. And the mom is like, you are disabled now, honey. Like, when Alexia is like, I'm not disabled. And she's like, yes, you are. And, you know, forces her to stay in the wheelchair. and. You know, she does seem very overbearing and obviously at the end we kind of get why. But I I do wish we had had just a little more with the mom Mm -hmm. because I wonder if there were maybe a couple more scenes that maybe got cut out that like for time reasons that maybe fleshed out her mom's like, because the girls are so like roll their eyes with her Mm -hmm.
3: for the most part. And I would have like
2: seen more of that. Right. And like
3: more why. And at the point where they're at the hospital and the finger has been eaten, quote unquote, by the dog the mom has to know and so does the dad what's actually happening here and yet nothing is said and I understand the keeping it from them if you really think well if you never eat meat this part of you will never be awoken and you'll never have to go through all of this stuff as a parent protecting them and maybe it's a little bit of the same kind of vibe as parents not wanting to talk about sex with
0: their kids
1: yeah but
3: at that point when the finger's been eaten yeah. <laughs> like maybe it's time to speak up you know I a mean,
0: conversation i mean also it could be you can't be a little bit pregnant after your kid's pregnant you're like no point in having the sex talk now <laughs> well,
1: you can't be a little bit of a cannibal like, you're, yeah. you're or you're not
2: <laughs> i i love that scene though where the dad does explain why quickie has to be put down because he says quite literally like when an animal gets a taste yeah. for flesh it's not gonna stop if it likes it. And literally the animals that we have, the human animals of yeah. uh, Justine and Alexia <laughs> habitates for flesh,
0: and they're yeah. not gonna stop. Yep. Yeah, that's a one of those lines that the second time through, <laughs> it, it hits a little yeah. different. Because <laughs> like, at first you're like, "Oh, Dad, you idiot! You have no idea how how on the nose you're being." And then second time you're like, "Oh, oh that,
3: that, was that, was <laughs> yeah. that was a clue. That was a clue." Right, right. Uh,
0: the reveal at the end is so great too, where you see just it's so the good. combination of shirt. old scars and new ones. Oh, like, yeah, just the idea that she's up. been
3: slowly eating him over decades is so disturbing and him basically like his, suggesting ugh. that the girls find that same partner yeah and somebody else yeah i think
2: his last line is like i'm sure you'll figure it out too honey and yeah. it's like
0: like <laughs> oh oh how <laughs> <laughs> it's just sort of you're in college now bird you're out of the you're out of the nest
2: right yeah but like
0: <laughs> it's very extreme i mean i guess that's why they don't seem that upset about their daughter being in prison they're like mm-hmm. well this is how you figured it out, I guess. Right. Although, man, she's, her cellmates are about to have a bad time.
1: <laughs> I
2: know. She was cuffed, and I was like, mm, I'm sure she stays cuffed the whole time. Right.
3: <laughs> she needs the Hannibal
2: lecture. I was going to say, she's going to get yes. the full lecture,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is another... A- really great series about appetites. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, all right. Anything else you guys want to talk about with this? I mean, I feel like there's so much we could go scene by scene and everything. is oh, just yeah. So multi-layered, but is there anything else that stands out moments in the movie that we didn't talk about that you really wanted to talk about or themes that we didn't touch on yet? I think for me, the only, the
2: hardest rather part to watch uh, wasn't the body horror, but The betrayal of like – and her sister Mm. wasn't even filming it, but she let people film it when she was taunting her with a dead body. That's not a criticism of the film. It's not – like I I had originally put it under my cons, but I was like it's it's an important and impactful scene. It just
3: is hard to watch. I had the same experience. I had it in my cons, and then I moved it to my pros because I think it does make a lot of sense with the relationship that they have. Mm -hmm. But that's hard to watch. That not only did that happen, but that her sister was doing it to her it's just so mean, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, you do it too. You're a right. Too. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about, we just did a reread of my sweet Adrena. Did you ever read those books <laughs> when you were young? Caitlin? Did you go? I did not, but I know what they're about. <laughs> okay. So my sweet Adrena, one of the things that's revealed is there is a massive betrayal by a sister. Yes. And <laughs> we all kind of reeled from how cruel that was. And, this kind of reminded me of that. It kind of speaks mm-hmm. to, a, like, maybe a larger... I mean, these are always fictional, right? But I think it speaks to a truth. I don't, I don't know. My thoughts are not fully formed around this yet. Yeah, but. well,
3: I think that that level of competition and resentment it builds over years, and then this is kind of the end result, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah.
0: God. It's just rough. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. It's a rough watch, <laughs> that part.
0: <laughs> I mean, because presumably she's gathered people to see this, right?
3: Yeah. Because they had to go to a morgue, right? They're at a vet school. There should be no dead bodies there. They had to actively go somewhere to make this happen. Well,
2: Adrian at one point does mention, and this took, like, on this watch. I've seen this so many times now. He mentions, like, hey, I'm going to go to a hospital party. They get super wild. Oh, go?" And it's like, yeah, he's like, they get wild between takes. You're lucky they didn't sell your finger on backwards. So I took it like he was at the hospital party, and that's where they were. Yeah, and that's why they had access Dang.
3: to the that. Makes sense. That forces. makes much more sense. Yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, <laughs> still. Oh,
0: totally <laughs> fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a lot of sister stuff to unpack, which is interesting because it's. I think on a first watch, I really was so focused on sort of the central sort of character arc, um, but it is more yeah. of a two hander. You yeah. know? Than, yeah, it really is. Then when I when I remembered the movie. I remembered it really just being focused on Justine. And uh, really, this is a two parter. Oh, yeah. man. Man, oh, man.
3: It's a good movie.
0: I really love fucked up movies. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Some of the scenes in this, I think, are ones that are going to really stick with me. I don't think that I'll ever be able to unsee her forever pulling that hair out of her throat. Right.
2: Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that. The <laughs> ring wishes oh. it could. <laughs> right. Oh, God. So. Just the way so she, could and, right? she could never. Samara could never.
1: oh Oh my god
0: all right so we've heaped praise upon this movie and justifiably so but are there any things about this that did not work for you
3: Mm -hmm. i was not Pleased with the eyeball licking.
0: Have you never licked an eyeball? Come on, girl. Don't be so square.
3: It's not the fucking eyelid, it's the eyeball. The ball. ball.
2: (laughs) And it's in my notes, it says, not the eyelid. The (laughs) (laughs) eyeball. Yes,
0: Yes, I've definitely never done that because that would be weird.
2: I'm like, someone's going to get an infection. Yeah. Like, yes. infection. That's actually oh, how you get
3: pink eye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It focuses on it for a really long time. Again, she does a really good job of letting the camera linger for just long enough to freak you out. You know? Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Ooh, it's upsetting. I was not a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> I was cool with all the eating stuff, but not the
1: eye. Really? Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: I had lunch while I watched this movie. You I'm did,
0: liar! You not did lying. not.
3: I did. What? I don't have a pro- I have a really strong stomach. Stuff like that doesn't bother okay, me that way. So
0: was it a vegetarian thing, or was meat consumed while you watched raw? I was
3: eating a shredded chicken sandwich. Get while the I fuck
1: it. off my podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you maniac!
2: <laughs> oh, jeez. I loved so the when she's eating
3: the chicken oh! in front of their
2: little dorm. Oh fridge, yeah, ah!
3: that's revolting. That was good. You know what? I know that a lot of movies with sort of cannibal or animalistic elements, werewolves and stuff, have that scene of eating the raw meat. But generally, it's red meat. It's steak. Yes! And there was something okay. even creepier and more unsettling about yeah. raw chicken. I'm not yeah. sure exactly why, but it bothered it's me so more. It's so pink. Yeah. Just, and yeah, she sniffs uh, it, and I'm like, there's no smell. Of like.
2: But it's. I, I did read that that was like a gelatin and sugar combo. Okay. Oh, and they were like... Yeah, they said that the actress didn't have a problem eating meat after the movie because a lot of people asked if she mm-hmm. did, but she did have a problem eating sweets oh, really? because it was oh, just sweet. sugar and gelatin Ooh, and she oh, had to, like,
3: chomp eat a lot it. of it.
2: I mean, yeah. and she tears I guess that into sense.
0: that thing. Ooh, oh, yeah. Blah, blah. God bless her. Yeah. <laughs> in a transformation movie, there's always that scene where they're drinking the... Mm-hmm. Red, whatever that red liquid is, and a steak—it's probably right. blood, but I like tell myself it's not. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I do appreciate that they subverted your expectation to had her pull out a freaking chicken breast. But as someone who <laughs> consumes a lot of chicken breast, it was a bummer.
2: Because <laughs> again, she really goes for it. Food
1: whore.
0: <laughs> On the zombie girls, one of our co-hosts loves to torture me with food whore. That's her favorite thing. Oh, After yes, she is. maybe watched *Poultrygeist* and realized that this was my <laughs> ultimate Achilles heel, I was like, please do not make me watch talking hamburgers—it is so upsetting. um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that was uh, my cons. I'm just gonna get them out of the way because I don't really have anything beyond personal stuff. It is really about yeah. how trigger <laughs> it was. by aspects of this movie, like the really graphic animal stuff, and I think it was shot yes. in actual like a vet school.
3: Yeah, so the scene with the horse, when they're putting the horse to sleep for surgery, that actually happened.
0: Okay, great. So
3: they just, they basically took the actors and kind of put them in the background of an actual vet school where that was occurring. That's not true, though, I believe, of the dog. Okay, that's
0: good. That's good. But what I think the takeaway from that is, is that I could hate those things so much, but the other aspect of it was so effective right that it overruled (laughs) which is i know if if you don't understand the degree of my distaste for these things probably doesn't mean much but these are my i get it these are like my deal breakers and yet the deal was not broke
3: (laughs) so yeah that says a lot because it's your three most hated things in movies are all in this add a
0: spider and an ear and we would have the complete set
2: (laughs) I'm surprised there were no ears. I feel like that's right. the appendage someone could, like, easily bite. Oh, right. yeah, good
3: point. I mean, yeah. maybe... She
0: got the cheek, though. The lobe was just, Ooh, like... that
3: cheek, man.
0: That raw, just sort of open, sore on her face. Yeah,
3: because it wasn't just it's teeth rough. marks or a cut. It was just a huge chunk mm. out of her cheek.
0: Yeah, she chomped the whole chunk out.
3: Yeah, she sure did. Ugh. So, I agree about the animal stuff. That was hard. For me, the hardest one was the dog dissection mm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Just, I have such an affinity for dogs and they're such a big part of my life it's always hard to see that on screen yeah. but everything else works so well and i will say if that's something that worries you about the movie they're not long drawn out scenes
0: no they're not
3: they're pretty quick you don't actually see a lot so it was manageable for me
2: and i think they do serve the yes plot. they do like so Justine is a vegetarian and she's talking a lot about animal rights in the beginning, and obviously she's very sensitive to animal stuff. She she's one of the people there that wants to be a vet because she loves animals.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Also because it's a family thing. But we get pretty good, you know, intel that she loves animals and she believes in animal rights. But the I mean, when she's really pissed that her sister was playing video games with Adrian and that she's all kind of worked up, they're ramping up towards this like really ferocious cannibalism she slices into the dog she's supposed to dissect without any yeah sort of hesitation mm-hmm. and even adrian kind of looks at her like you good uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's in service of yes. you know character development and it doesn't linger yeah. like we linger on the eyeball more than we do oh absolutely thank god yeah
0: <laughs> so how about you caitlin i know you love this movie but are, were there did you have any issues with any of it? The-
2: so I moved my uh the sister you know (laughs) torture stuff from the cons to the you know just because I didn't like it doesn't mean that it's not important Mm -hmm. right right I I do wish that we had gotten more with the mom there's something there is just telling me that there might have been more that got left on the cutting room floor for some reason Mm -hmm. and I just would have loved to see that fleshed out instead of just sort of hearing secondhand from the girls like oh mom is mom is mom and it's like well I would love to see more of how she is knowing that, you know, her mom is trying, I guess, to protect them from what she knows is coming. And that's why she's overbearing. That's why she's so particular. Mm -hmm. But I just would like to see more of that more than just hearing it secondhand from the girls. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I do feel like we need a little more motivation behind why they wouldn't tell them. I mean, I understand for the reveal. Yeah. I understand sort of thematically if you were, if this is about sex and this is about parents being afraid to talk about sex, like that all makes sense to me. But when you're watching the movie from a literal perspective, it's a little hand wavy and you're just like, why wouldn't, if you thought there was a chance your kid was going to turn into a cannibal, you disclose, you disclose <laughs> <laughs> You disclose yeah. before they go eat somewhere where they might be forced to eat raw meat. You disclose.
3: Right. I agree. And there are a couple of scenes with the mom in them, but she has very little dialogue. So I feel like even you could have even just added her speaking in those scenes and it mm-hmm. might have, you know, illuminated some things. Yeah, I barely remember what her face looks like. We don't see her very right. often. I was wondering, do we ever
1: <laughs> <'Cause> I also <laughs> can't
3: picture
0: it. I'm like vaguely watching yeah, off dad. screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The dad is and
2: great. And they, they don't have names either. They're listed as mother and father right. in the credits. I do love that dad. though. Um, but yeah, I could have done with more mom just for more you know Mm -hmm. more fleshing out
3: yeah the ending of this movie is really fun (laughs) i mean you go through a lot of sort of not not necessarily traumatizing but it's an experience to get through this movie and to sort of understand all the themes and to watch all the body horror and then you get this really kind of silly ending i mean not silly but a little like edge of camp to it you know Mm -hmm. and we get both the sister being like totally cool she's in jail <laughs> and then <laughs> them sort of bonding again and being happy with each other and then the dad this reveal is just it's so great that's gonna stick with me for a long time Right.
2: Yeah. yeah the dad unbuttoning yeah like you notice the the scar on his lip yeah. you know from when like they had their first kiss and it's like you know kind of where it's going and i mean i noticed the scar even from the beginning oh. and i was like it's just a thing whatever i, I just guess, thought it was but...
3: a cleft palate yeah you know, yeah. yeah yeah yeah
2: but the thing is, if we had started this movie or even gotten halfway, I wouldn't have expected it to no. end with Alexa right. in prison. No. <laughs> and the dad opening his shirt. Yeah. Like, I did not think
0: either of those comics. I do. It was a total surprise. <laughs> I really appreciate the dark comic beat that it ends on. It's yeah. truly one of the most dark things that happens in this movie. But you can't help but kind of laugh. I don't know. Or maybe that's me and I'm a sicko. I don't know. I appreciated the humor of that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm
2: like, dude, why did you stick around? I would have been like, bye. I'm
3: <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> first time you
2: eat years. a chunk out of me.
3: I'm, I'm out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he must really love her. <laughs> I don't know if I would ever love someone enough to be like, yeah, it's fine. Right? Yeah. Like,
0: know, if somebody, like, you know, steals my pillow <laughs> i'm like i don't think this is gonna work out if this
2: is if this is gonna be a pattern like this is my hot right? sauce
0: and like yeah I'll get <laughs> i have very strict boundaries although i mean this this is not a movie about boundaries like whether no, it is it's not now no, letting no your boundaries. wife eat you for a decade or <laughs> we didn't even talk about it but the green and yellow paint scene was really something In terms of yeah, that guy got fucked. (laughs) He
3: sure did. I mean, she really took a huge chunk out of his upper lip.
0: When she's, I think the
2: almost grosser because we don't see her bite until we see him walk out. Almost grosser is that she picks it out of her teeth later in the shower and then eats it. So disgusting and amazing. So (laughs) good. good. Like oh my goodness. (laughs) Like I should be repulsed that she like
3: attacked this. I know, you know, but you're kind of cheering for oh, her too, you know. You are,
2: yeah. and it's
0: like, oh, well, I guess here we go. <laughs> Our two interactions are him basically mauling her in this closet and talking about being pro monkey rape. So, I mean, I just I feel like <laughs> he's not the most sympathetic character. Somebody's really? gonna get their mouth bit. <laughs> mm. ah, it works for me we're like further endeared to
2: adrian because you know she attacks this dude or she you know she bites him whatever and later when people are like disgusted that she's done this adrian's like hey like did he force you and you know right it's like, Thanks for checking, Adrian. Everyone else thinks I'm a weirdo, but you could like I appreciate you checking. Yeah, he's (laughs) such a good guy.
0: Seriously, justice for Adrian.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and that scene. So in French, the movie is called Grave, which uh, means like severe or serious. Kind of how grave. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So he's asking, like, I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know what you know, what your thing is. And she leaves, or he's like. I'm scared that it's serious. Like he says like I'm scared it's cla like, whatever French. And then she comes back and she goes, say grave, Like it is serious. It's it's intense. And then they start having sex. So like
0: oh. that's what it's called in, in French. The movie's called Crav, which I thought was really cool.
3: Gotcha. Oh, that's very different.
0: Yes, that adds a lot of context yeah. to that scene that is missing. Yeah. Good thing you're here because we would have definitely missed that. <laughs> 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 All right. Any other thoughts on Rob before we wrap it up? No, I think Give we've it a covered go. it. Yes. Uh, let's do recommendations. So I'm going to try to not be the husk that I usually am and say I would recommend this. If you are a, a someone who appreciates art horror, someone who likes a very, you know, feminist bent to your horror, you are going to be goddamn delighted with this movie. Yes, <laughs> if you're, absolutely. If you're like, all I like are Friday the 13th movies, you're going to have a bad time.
1: Choose your adventure.
2: (laughs) How about you? You know, I forget sometimes that people, you know, when they say they like horror, I assume that they like everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: But they mean a specific kind of horror. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I forget that this is maybe not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah.
0: I saw my friend David tweeted something the other day that made me laugh, which was was 80s horror isn't where it peaked. You just really fucking like slashers. So I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Very fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how about you ladies? What are you, how would you recommend this movie?
2: I recommend it to, you know, everyone that I know that's a horror fan. And I have a couple friends that are like, I don't really like horror. And I'm like, yes, you do. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like,
1: slowly trying to build it up
2: for them. You just um, got to find their so, lane,
0: man. You just got to find their lane.
2: And I I think everyone will end up getting something out of this, Mm -hmm. whether it's like, I'm never watching this again, it's disgusting, that might be what you take away. But for a lot of us, especially, you know, looking at it with a feminist lens, there's a really a lot to say here.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to just like a random person if I didn't know their taste at all. But I do think this movie is just so good and so really it's fun in the end even though you're put through something i actually enjoyed the movie a lot and if yeah like you said if you want an art house horror movie with a ton of feminist shit in it this is the movie for you yeah it's good
0: this is the cannibal movie for people who enjoyed violation yes (laughs) oh my god yes have you seen that caitlin i don't remember if i asked you i have not Uh, no it's on (laughs) shutter and it's it is also a movie that will put you through some shit yeah before we go I want to give you another chance to plug plug it up and where people can find you on the internet because they're going to want to follow you mm-hmm. In a
2: non-creepy oh, that's, that's generous way. to think
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah so plug it up it should be available across you know all your podcast platforms and if you're into feminist takes on horror and if you like vulnerability and humor that's really what I, I try to create there and People have been so kind and so candid, and it's just, I've had so much fun with it, and we release every week, and uh, you guys will be on the episode August 3rd, I think. Ooh, so um, exciting.
1: So.
3: Yeah, so you guys <laughs> yeah. got to tune in, and we talk Absolutely. about fetuses, but we also talk about our own period stories, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blast.
2: Grand
0: theft. Senator I truly
1: did. <laughs> <laughs>
2: On your crime screen, uh, yeah. right? I, think I, I put that in the episode. Once. Okay. <laughs> and I don't want to uh, give away the the movie that we covered, mm-hmm. but I will say that the uh, subtitle I put it's the title of the movie, and then I put gaslighting. The movie. <laughs> oh, so I thought
1: that was correct. so accurate, Pretty,
2: very yeah. accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm really excited for that one to drop. And I am on bloody good horror occasionally, yes. and. I've been doing Films at First Sight with my friend Joe, yes. and that's been a blast. Joe and I are both big-time horror people, but we're doing all kinds of movies. The concept is just, you know, watching a movie that one of us hasn't seen before. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I'm in my 30s, and I hadn't seen Die Hard until last month. Oh, so wow. That's so
3: cool. Yeah. You have to see it for the first
2: time. How
0: was that? Yeah. I mean, I have affection because I saw it as a kid, but I don't know. I don't know if 40-year-old Rachel would like it. <laughs>
2: And that's the thing. I was like, I don't need to see it. I already know. Like, I've seen enough Simpsons. I've seen other references to it. Uh, And that's kind of like the concept that we're going for. Like, Joe hasn't seen, even as a huge horror fan, hasn't seen Rosemary's Baby. And he's like, I don't need to because I kind of already Mm -hmm. get it. So we're both watching these things and having guests come on where, you know, we might have like kind of conceptually like, oh, I understand what Mission Impossible is. I don't have to watch it. But whether we just have avoided it or whether we just haven't gotten around to it, we're watching things uh, where at least one of us is watching for the first time. So it's called Films at First Sight.
3: I was so excited to see that you did now and then because I bring (sighs) that movie up to friends all the time and nobody has watched it. Nobody knows this movie or doesn't remember it. And it's so good.
2: Now and then is one of my all time favorites. I love <laughs> that movie, and it's so funny because Joe's wife was you know he she knows that he and I both like kind of like weirder mm-hmm. genre stuff, uh-huh. and so she was expecting it to be like very pulpy movies, and there will certainly be some of those, but she was thrilled and surprised that we were covering now and then and i was like oh yeah now and then is up there for me and yeah. we just had we did when hot american summer comes oh, out next nice. so we've just been oh, to be blast fun. oh how fun. yeah joe's good
0: people oh that's awesome. so exciting everyone subscribed i i just subscribed let's do it let's let's blow this thing up
2: <laughs> we're yeah we're getting our footing our the die hard episode it's you know we we are getting our footing with how we wanted things to go and I think they've just gotten better and better. And I just love working with Joe. So he's he's
3: awesome. awesome. That's great.
2: Oh, and he's he's Boner Joe from my episode oh, on Carrie you've oh, so. got multiple <laughs> okay.
0: Joes in your life, so I wasn't sure. I was like, is it BGH Joe? Is it not BGH Joe? <laughs> Too many Joes. Oh, that's another podcast. Joe. You can get all your Joes on there. Too many Joes. <laughs> <laughs> have
2: them battle.
0: I would love that. That would be amazing. <laughs> they have to battle for Joe's supremacy. Who could come out top? Also, we have Who's to think about best, Joe? what is the criteria to make the best Joe? I think one thing they have to do, there has to be a coffee off. But what other things?
2: <laughs> we'll have to think Joe Charnews would just, like, refuse to participate. He just wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what if it were coffee stouts? Then maybe he would come. Yeah, yeah. That could be an option. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Everybody subscribe to all of her podcasts. They're all amazing. Your life The more Caitlyn you have in your life, the better your life will be.
3: Where can we find you on social media?
2: Yeah, I'm Plug It Up Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And my personal Twitter is Caitlin Grant. And it's set to private just for work reasons. But if I know that you're not a work person, I will obviously accept your your follow request. So you can hit
0: me up there as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. It has been so much fun getting to know you. We got very lucky that we got you two weeks in a row. Now, now the great desert of no Caitlin begins. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great to Not have you talk about this movie in particular because I think there was so much to unpack, and it was really fun to do it all together.
2: It's been so fun, and I, like I said, I texted Joe and jo- or John and so many Joes. See? I texted John and Eric, and I was like, I want them on every episode. Aww. <laughs> I just loved having you. I on. mean, any <laughs>
0: yeah. any time. But I also just had another thought. What if we extended it to all of the J, all the J names and it was called The Great J-Off?
3: <laughs> oh, my God. I Rachel. think we got an idea here.
1: <laughs> I have known you
3: for like 15 years and you still constantly surprise me. The <laughs> How that
1: <long> <laughs> I know, I know.
0: It's a problem. Oh. It's the T. It's the oh, tea. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you want to find us on the internet, you can email us at rachel dot zombiegirls.com or hit us up on our Facebook page. You can find us on Instagram at ZG Podcasts or at Twitter at ZG Podcast. We're currently in the middle of Disability Pride Month, and Ariel has been spearheading a really cool kind of uh, series that we're doing throughout the entire month of July where we're going to be spotlighting disabled people who are making horror better with their presence. If you want to check that out, be sure to give us a follow. If you're looking for something spooky to watch tonight, head over to the zombie girls website and check out our video on demand and streaming calendar, where we keep track of all the spooky doings that are happening on the internet. And if you want to look really fucking sexy, you should get a plug it up shirt. And then you should head over to our merch <laughs> merch store at zombiegirls.com forward slash merch. And then if you love us support us on Patreon. All right. So that just leaves our plan for the next episode, and it's a me-pick, I think it's going to be a little bit of a double feature. Is that okay with you, Ariel? We have- oh, yeah. Okay. We are going to be covering Fear Street Parts 1 and 2, directed by Lee Janiak, that are currently on Netflix. When this comes out, 3 will be out, but that's good, because it'll let you watch it before you come over and listen to us talk about it on the next episode. And then if you're staying tuned for the extended episode, we're going to be talking about... Cannibals. That's right. I got some fun cannibal facts. I got some really upsetting cannibal stories. Can oh, I just tell you two things? If you look up cannibal stories, you will be depressed. <laughs> okay. Two, you need to make sure that you are doing so in an incognito mode. Because oh, boy. your algorithm will be fucked. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. I get the
2: same when I'm researching for Plug It Up. I'm like, I'm not... <laughs> that crazy
0: (laughs) some of this is just me and some of it it's just the (laughs) readers well I mean at some point you just kind of have to like give it up this is just the latest drop in a very upsetting bucket. <laughs> but yeah, look forward to that on the extended episode, is I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> for those of you who are not currently patrons, and you want to get a little sneak preview of what that's like, stay tuned after the music, because we're going to share the first few minutes of it with you, so you can get our vibe. Again, thank you, Caitlin. You are a fucking delight. Yeah, this is awesome. This is Yay! so much yeah, I'm so glad, because you, you were such a great host for us, I was like... Well, now she's coming to us. we got to be good hosts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to show out for company, you know. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> Ariel, take us out.
3: All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. We loved having Caitlin here, and we hope you enjoy this episode. And be back here in two weeks for our review of Fear Street 1 and 2. All right.
0: That's it for us. Bye, guys.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening. And to my co-host and good friend, Ariel, for always teaching me something new. Production on this episode was done by yours truly and edited by Ariel. Our theme song for the show is More Deadly by DJ Chardon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the extended episode. Patrons only. This is VIP. This is for the cool kids. (laughs) Um, And because you're so cool... I'm going to torture you with some cannibal facts. (laughs) So, as I was saying on the main show, Googling this, this way lies madness. (laughs) (laughs) You will read things you cannot unread. You will see things you cannot unsee.
3: (laughs) Oh, God. Thank you for doing that and not making me do it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel... So, I got a a big assist from producer Randy on this, and I Uh feel very guilty <laughs> because is he rocking
3: in a corner somewhere
0: he was talking about it and i started like typing i think i was responding to someone on our discord which if you're a patron and you're not on the discord what are you doing it's yeah, so fun but he thought i was googling he's like no, no, no don't look you cannot see it it's so upsetting i'm like oh i was just like talking about a fart or something it's fine <laughs> like,
3: <laughs> i mean i guess it makes sense that it would be upsetting. I just didn't I never really thought about it, I guess. I always yeah. thought about cannibalism in it being more distant, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe being like a a random serial killer thing, but not Right. not as upsetting as you're making it sound. And now I'm getting a little nervous about these facts and stuff. No, no, these that you're are going these sharing. are not
0: too, uh, I mean, here's the thing, is the reality of all this is terrible, but yeah, it'll yeah. be presented in a way that you'll be
1: okay. Okay. Um <laughs>
0: But, I mean, I think when you – yeah, right. Like, when we think about cannibalism, it's either, like, a small detail that in a larger sort of true crime thing. It's just sort of yeah. like this, you know, kind of macabre detail that's a little titillating. But if you really look at modern cannibalism, it is upsetting.
3: Yeah, um, and I think when you read it as part of a true crime thing, I don't think I ever really visualized or thought about what it would actually mean if someone yeah. ate a part of another human being.
0: I mean, I think we just, as horror fans, too, just kind of put it through a horror movie lens. Yes, like
3: absolutely, that's That creates Mm -hmm. sort of
0: psychological distance a little bit. Yeah. Whereas when you dig into the reality of it, and you're like, oh, no, that's like really somebody's severed body part? You can probably guess (laughs) which one. Um, Then it's a little more, yeah, it's a little more Faces of Death than a little less, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Right, right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Grim.
0: And on that note... <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. I have two cannibal stories. So I'm going to break them up. I'm going to sandwich... Okay. We're going to do a, a sandwich of them. <laughs> we're going to consume them in sandwich. Oh, slurps. my God.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're the worst. Oh, come on. You know you love it. You know you love it. Yeah. Um, this is the flavor that I bring to the show. So... so we'll start with the cannibal story then i have 10 cannibal fun facts okay and then we'll close with another story okay cool this this is all true, true facts true facts okay oh boy okay (laughs) are you ready yeah i'm ready let's do it (laughs) all right cool all right here we go so this first one is the story of two brothers in pakistan okay okay so pakistan set the scene pakistan 2014.
1: Okay? Yeah. Are you there? I feel like
3: I'm being transported to Florida and it's the Golden Girls and Sophia is about to tell a story about her time in Italy in the 40s.
0: This is going to be a very different picture. (laughs)